I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am Blake Harrison and joining me as ever with his fancy little backdrop there. Yeah, but but not for even for this show, for, for a different no, show. No. No. Shameless so, plug. Shameless plug on his, on his other work. Um, but yeah, it's Stu Whiffin. How are you, mate? I'm all right. I'm all right. You all right? I am right. You're very echoey. You've gone extra echoey from when we were talking earlier. I know. It's um. It shouldn't. It should be too bad for the listeners because you're you're getting it through the the the, the laptop, which is in a big space, whereas I'm right next to this microphone. So, what the listeners are getting and my my sultry tones just. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, just so kind of like mumbling in their ears. They're getting Barry White, and I'm getting yeah. I don't know the equivalent of an echo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you wait till Sean O'Malley comes up. You fucking melt, mate. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, we was going to yeah. talk two eight three today, wasn't we? But we um, we've decided, in the light of so much kind of furore in the world of UFC, that we're going to do a uh, two episodes today. So we're going to record a, a kind of news update, really, and discuss all the stuff that I'm sure you've all been discussing uh, and and rejoicing or shaking your head, scratching your head, looking disappointed at all manner of stuff's gone good and bad in the world of UFC of uh, of recent weeks. So we're going to have a deep dive on on a lot of that, and then we're going to. Have a little break, then we're going to come back and we're going to record another episode for you. Uh, looking ahead at 283. But today, it's UFC news. UFC news. So let's let's start with the biggest news that's happened most recently. Mm-hmm. And that is the fact that Francis Ngannou is not only no longer the UFC champion, he's no longer a UFC fighter. He's been released Dana White at a press conference about it and he has said that he's waiving all the rights to like matching any contract he could get elsewhere all of that kind of stuff and Garnu's gone that's it the contract negotiations did not work out and then Garnu is now a free agent so we're going to try and look at this from points of views of everyone involved UFC Francis and all of that and obviously we will talk about the return of, of John Jones and um, and his uh, fight now against Cyril Garn in a couple of months for the undisputed or undisputed UFC yeah. heavyweight title. But let's start with Francis first. 
Right, what I wanted to say with oh, this go on. before we jump in is we're looking at it from both perspectives, as from Francis and the UFCs, but as the MMA fan podcast, what what is the fan going to yeah. lose from Francis not being in the UFC, do you think? You're right. I, I forgot the most integral part of this. It's, even, it's, yeah. it's, it's written in the title of our show. It's the fans. It's the fans. Yeah. What, what are the fans losing? Well, I think they're losing quite a lot because, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things now where whatever happens, it's always going to be like, yeah, but Francis. But what, and Could we've missed out. The, the, the Francis versus John Jones fight is a fight that people have wanted for probably three or four years now. So yeah. three, three or so years since Jones said he's moving up to heavyweight, everyone wanted Francis versus John Jones. Everyone yeah. wanted that fight. We'll now never get it. It's another one of those ones. It's like Khabib, Tony in his prime, even though I look back on that and go, uh, we didn't actually need that fight. Or, or GSP, Anderson, Silver, yeah. you know, or, or Cyborg, Nunes 2, which is a fight I've always wanted to see. Um, so we... We won't get that now. I don't think we'll ever get that. And that is such a shame. Um, so as fans, we're, we're missing a lot because Francis was really coming into his own, becoming a much more well-rounded mixed martial artist. Yes, he's 36 or whatever, but heavyweights age a bit more like fine wine. Whereas, you know, when we talk about our UFC 283 episode, we'll talk about the flyweight fights and how they age yeah. like milk. Um, mm. So that is going to be, you know, he still was in his prime. He had good years ahead of him. And I think we've missed some real spectacles like Jones versus Francis, Francis versus, you know, even a Pavlovich, a Tom Aspinall down the line. Um yeah. God, uh, even Cyril Garn rematch. I think that could have been a great fight. And yeah, we've we've lost all as fans. We've lost all of that, and we've now got a situation where the baddest man on the planet, the UFC heavyweight champion of the world, is now going to be elsewhere doing whatever he does next, which we'll talk about and hypothesize about. And it. it it will feel like it feel like we've missed something. We've 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 missed yeah. either a changing of the guard where Francis loses to someone and that person becomes unequivocally the baddest man on the planet. Yeah. Um, or we've missed Francis tearing through two or three more challengers, and and that would have been so exciting as well because the heavyweight division is great at the moment. The heavyweight division is one of the best it's been for a long, long time. When um, you, you look at yeah. fighters like Pavlovich, Tom Aspinall. Blades, they're all they're all looking incredible at the moment. Obviously, yeah. we're waiting for for, for for Aspinall to come back from from injury, but you know, so many exciting fights to be made in there. And and again, I'd love to have seen them against Francis um, because everybody wants to be the guy to have beaten the baddest man on the planet. Yeah, but I mean, let's let's start looking at some of the reasons that have been sort of thrown in and around why why he's gone, and it's been something that's been spoken about for a few years now that yeah. you know there seems to be contract issues yep. with, between Francis and the UFC and one of the things yeah, I mean Dana said something that the, the deal would have made him the highest paid heavyweight um, star of, of the UFC of all time mm-hmm. who do you think held that record Brock Lesnar today? without a doubt oh of course it was of course it was yeah, yeah. my bad yeah of course it was like and and that's and good imagine- money. Brock Brock would have been on very good money. Like, you know, yeah. he's he's up there. He's not Connor level. And I believe Israel Adesanya 
a what like a year or so ago was was made the second second highest paid fighter on the roster at that time so was he higher paid than Brock I don't know there's inflation there's all these types of but whatever Brock Lesnar was on that would have been some big money and he's yeah. turned that down so yeah what was your what were you going on to to say with regards to the money and and that do you believe Dana when he says that I, I mean, do he's that spin like, um, I know there's, I'm sure Dana's going to come up a lot in this episode, but um, I do take a lot of what he's said. I know he speaks his mind, you know, quite unprofessionally at times. and But then you also think there's so much spin involved in, in this organisation yeah. and he's very good at spinning it. And, 100%. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm keen to sort of see what comes out of the wash. With, with, with this whole situation because I do think it's a big loss for the UFC uh, mm. and, and for us as fans because, you know, he was terrifying, absolutely terrifying to watch and the, the power that man had was was absolutely ridiculous and to see that matched against someone like a Pavlovich would have been so exciting. Yeah. Um, but we're not going to see that now. Um, we'll get on to what we're going to see in that division uh, in a moment. But so what do you think is next for for uh, for Francis. Well, I don't think he left because of money. He spoke a lot before the Cyril Garn fight about respect and how disrespected he was by the UFC in the lead up to him becoming a champion when they were just kind of, you know, not giving him the title fight when he clearly had earned the title fight. Um he spoke a lot about I think uh the lack of freedom and how he wanted to do other things with his career like Box, I mean, God, heaven forbid, but box Tyson Fury. I have no interest in that whatsoever. However, yeah. if you're Francis Ngannou and you're 36 years old, you've got a few good years left. If someone says you can sign a five-fight contract to the UFC, even if it means you're earning, you know, two million per fight. I mean, I'm pulling that figure out of my elbow, but like you're earning two million per fight. Let's just say. With, with with the points involved, the pay-per-view mm-hmm. points. So you get 10 million after five fights. If he boxes Tyson Fury, this, regardless of the fact that it's a bit of a circus, he's never got a chance in hell and it's just a bit of a silly fight, he probably earns more than that in the one fight. A hundred percent. So... hundred percent. Mega money. If you're Francis or Francis Ngannou's advisors, you're saying... You have to try and make that work. Or family, you know, absolutely. You're probably trying to go, just go and box Tyson. Because the other thing is, you can always try and go back to the UFC after boxing Tyson Fury, being a bigger star and saying, yeah, that that 10 million still on the table. And the UFC, I think, would be silly to say no, because again, otherwise the the spectre, the ghost of Francis Ngannou will always haunt, haunt that heavyweight Division yeah. and no matter who's champion, you go. Yeah, but Fra- if Francis landed on John Jones, bang. Or uh, you know, if we've already seen Francis beat Cyril Garn, so we know he's not. But like that spectre will always be there. So I think getting him back would be a good thing. So he could go and box Tyson. The other options are things like what if he? What if the PFL pulled out their checkbook? They've signed another big star recently, very different, but they've signed... We, we might talk about it at the end of the episode if we've got time. I don't know how much I'm that bothered or not, but Jake Paul's gone to the PFL. 
He's yeah. probably on good money. Uh, that brings loads of eyeballs to them. If you've got Francis Ngannou and Jake Paul in the PFL, I think that would make them the second biggest MMA organization in the world. I think they surpass Bellator without question. I think at the moment there's questions. Is it one? Is it PFL? Is it Bellator? If PFL have got Jake Paul with the eyeballs that he will bring to it, and, and France and Garnu, the bad, they're, the, they're the second biggest organization on the planet. I, I don't yeah. think there's a question anymore if that happens. Um, so they could be doing that. Will they have the money for it? There's rumors that Bellator are in trouble financially and they might need to be bought out by someone. If if they have the ability to sign France and Garnu, Jesus, they should do it. Because again, if they can say, without, again, they sometimes make claims that they've got the best light heavyweight division. Um, I don't know if that's true, but but would you say Vadim Nemkov could beat Glover Teixeira or beat um, Jamal Hill? Possibly. Very, very possibly could. I mean, Usman Nurmagomedov at lightweight, I mean, obviously Islam is, is the guy in the UFC. He's probably better. But Usman Nurmagomedov at lightweight and AJ McKee at lightweight over in Bellator, they could give a really tough night to anyone yeah. in the top five of the UFC, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. So there, there's claims there, but they're disputed. But you cannot dispute. If France Ngannou signs to Bellator, they just go, yep, we've got the best heavyweight on the planet and there's nothing anyone can say about it. So yeah. if they got their checkbook out and, and said, Francis, please come here, we'll pay you whatever you friggin' want, that makes sense as well. And Dana White had that thing that was seen to be a little dig at Francis where in the press conference he was saying, Francis feels like he wants to fight lesser competition for more money. And that seemed to be his way of having a dig at Francis. And I'm like, hang on a minute. These guys are prize fighters. Is that not the whole point? If you can earn more money fighting lesser competition, I'd do that. Especially if you've already gone, oh, you're already the baddest. You've already proven that you're the best. You've already held the UFC title. So you have proven that you're the best. Now, what I'm going to do is fight worse opponents, less dangerous opponents, which is better for my health, but I'm actually going to earn more money doing it as well. Like, yep. that's what smart you man. do. Smart man. That's the smart move. That's a smart move, isn't it? I'd do it. Like, I think we'd all do it. Like, it just, yeah. it just makes way more sense. Who's going to go especially after already being a champion in the UFC, who's going to go, no, I'd I'd rather earn less and fight way better competition where I could really hurt myself and, you know, long-term health damage. No, that's crazy. So it's crazy. I don't know why I tried to do Christopher Walken then. It's crazy, you know. <laughs> Francis Ngannou is a smart man. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah it's, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, I don't understand that as a kind of potential slight uh, on Ngannou. And anyone saying that he's ducking John Jones with absolute fucking bullshit, um, yeah. he's not ducking John Jones. I think he'd love to fight John Jones. Taking John Jones when John Jones has had three and a bit years off or whatever. Yeah. And with all due respect to him, didn't look great in his last fight against Dominic Reyes. And we all know Dominic Reyes hasn't done particularly well since. So, and how's he going to be with the extra weight? I think Francis would be a firm favorite in that fight and be happy to take it. Um, So yeah, Francis has a lot of options. WWF or WWE, whatever you call it now, he could go over there. Have a mm. wrestle for a bit. I mean, I know wrestling's not his strong point, but, um, you know, he could go and do a bit of that. Any organisation will have checkbooks out for the baddest man on the planet. 
hundred percent. It's a um, huge coup to get Francis Ngannou right now. So, absolutely, yeah. and um, um, you know, best of luck to him. Absolute best of luck. To him. I, I right. yeah, as a fan, do I want him in the UFC? Absolutely, I want to see mm-hmm. him defend that belt. But also, as a fan and as a human, I just want to go. Yeah, mate, go and go and earn your money. Yeah. And deliver a happy, wonderful life. Lord knows you've earned it. And I cannot yeah. wait for the Hollywood movie oh, that is absolutely. his kind of biopic at some point. Because the man needs it. That needs to be mm. done right. He should be he should be on every friggin' talk show yeah. in America, in across the world. Just like what a story that man has. And if you don't know it, go and look it up. He's got an unbelievable story. Um, of hardship. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So Good luck to him. Yeah, I, I wish him all the best. And that leads us on to a certain billboard <laughs> that broke <Yes>. some news. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Um, so what, what came first, the billboard or the news that Francis had been cut? The billboard. <laughs> so right. for those that don't know, the T-Mobile Arena <laughs> in Vegas, I'm assuming, um, there was a massive billboard out front in the morning saying, John Jones versus Cyril Garn for the heavyweight title, <laughs> UFC 285 in March. And the UFC hadn't released anything yet about Francis, about this fight, none of it. So some poor kid has like <laughs> pressed enter on the, <laughs> put it on the billboard button uh, on the computer and has then probably got an absolute tongue lashing off of, uh, you know, his bosses, Dana, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, that that released early. People were making comments. We put it up on our socials as well. That, mm. that this is interesting. What's going on here? No sign of anything saying interim title. And mm. so Dana White came out later that night and had to tell the news that Francis is gone, and they are making an undisputed heavyweight title fight for the vacant belt. Cyril Garn against the returning John Jones. What are your thoughts on the fight itself? John Jones versus Cyril Garn. Should he have come back straight to a title shot? No, 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 no. I think he. Abs- I, I, I think that's unquestionable. I mean, I don't know if you want to question it. I think John Jones being John Jones, there's no, mm-hmm. he, he deserves to come back to a title shot. I mean, again, I'm putting aside all of the outside of the cage stuff, but from a purely sporting point of view, the guy that Record. led the light yeah. heavyweight division yeah. for so long, unbelievable fighter, arguably the best to ever do it. Hashtag PEDs. Um, you know, all that stuff. He deserves a title shot. There's no question he deserves a title shot straight yeah. away. So, but how do you feel about the fight itself? How do you see it going? Are you excited about it? What's your feelings? It's really weird because when you think of John Jones, when you don't think of all the stuff that's happened outside the Octagon, you, you, you think of... You look back with rose-tinted glasses at some of the most incredible performances any mixed martial artist has, has ever been involved in. Uh, and that excites me. Get the thought of seeing some of that magic again. However, I'm also thinking, cast your mind back to that Dominic Raz fight. Mm. Did he win it? Mm, tight. Uh, and what was the fight he had before Reyes? Was it Tiago Santos? And that wasn't that exciting either, or that dominant, if I remember rightly. No, um, I mean, again, Thiago Santos blew out both his knees during that fight. And yeah. uh, I haven't rewatched the fight, so I couldn't tell you whether it was a good decision or bad decision, but I believe it was a close decision between John yeah. and Santos that night. 
And these are fighters that I think a few years previously, John Jones would have just put away very, very quickly in spectacular fashion. Yep. Um, you know, the, the John Jones that was beating Gustafsson and, and, and DC and Machida and all of these fighters, you know, he, he was special, but that was a long time ago. And, and so what we've seen is, you know, ring rust is a thing. Yeah. You know, and however much sparring you do, you know, I, I'm, we, we've spoken to countless fighters about this, and ring rust is a legitimate thing. And he's not been in that ring for a long, long time. And in that time, he has put on a lot of weight. And you just wonder how agile are John Jones are we going to see? Are we going to see, you know, how is that going to affect age and weight? How is that going to affect his speed? Um, essentially, I see it as a relatively, if if it's even Jones at 70% of what we've seen previously, I think he beats Cyril Garn by wrestling him and being a more yeah. well-rounded fighter than Cyril Garn. Um, I love Cyril Garn. I think he's a fantastic uh, mm-hmm. ambassador for the sport, um, an incredible uh, kickboxer. Uh, but I, I think he's going to find... You know, like I say, uh, uh, John Jones, even 70%, uh, just too well-rounded for him. But we don't know. This is what makes it exciting, and this is what makes it interesting. It's it's John Jones. He might get arrested the night before for, (laughs) I don't know, smuggling tigers into the MGM. You just don't know. It's John Jones. You don't know. (laughs) And then, uh, uh, as well as that, we do not know. We've seen very little footage of John Jones sparring, you know, rolling at heavyweight, you know, you see little clips of bits and pieces and you occasionally get the, you know, a photo where he looks massive but doesn't look uncomfortably massive, looks good. Mm-hmm. And, but, we, yeah, it's, it's just what makes it exciting. What are we going to see when he comes back, you know? And I don't know. When, when you've been partying a lot and you've been away from the cage for a long time, the same Conor McGregor never come back. And, like, Fair point. you know... You know, are we going to see that with John Jones? Who knows? I'm so excited. I think the guy's a dick, but I'm so excited. Well, I sorry if I look distracted there. I had to bring something up because I'm going to do a shout out to our our man Scroobius Pip, uh, right. who on our WhatsApp group, and I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this on our WhatsApp group. He put a little while ago, and I was really shocked, but really struggled with this statement. He put. Fun fact, it's been eight years since John yeah. Jones last had an impressive win. And now I responded to that in the end with there's a great uh, Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm gif of him kind of being like, uh, mm, well, mm, nah, well, maybe. Oh, and he's kind of doing it. And it's great <laughs> because I looked up and I have to run through John Jones's record and it's. Let's do it. Read it out. What we got? Right. So last fight we mentioned Dominic Reyes. Not an impressive win. And it's not like Dominic Reyes has lit the world on fire since that fight. And actually a lot of people scored that fight for Reyes. So Mm -hmm. there you go. Thiago Santos blew out both his knees. Split decision win over a Santos that was, you know, at points in that fight had no Mm -hmm. knees. Um, Before that, Anthony Smith, which I believe was a dominant win. Now, is Anthony Smith truly title 
you know, real title contender. I don't know. He's, he's kind of According a top to our ten, friends top at Fight Disciples, guys. he's going to be the light heavyweight champ at the end of this year. Well, I don't agree with that. But um, there you go. But look, so, you know, Anthony Smith, I think that was a dominant win. Alexander Gustafsson too. Yes, that was dominant, but Gus wasn't the same Gus. Before that, the Daniel Cormier head kick, which was incredibly impressive. However, he popped for PEDs after that. So can you count it? Maybe not. Then before that, you've got Ovin St. Prue. He came back after a long layoff, and the Ovin St. Prue fight was boring as hell. It was not impressive. John Jones looked very sluggish, but he got a unanimous decision win over Ovin St. Prue, who, again, is not really up there as, like, a great, great fighter, like genuine title. He was looking challenger. good at that time, to yeah. give him his credit, you yeah. know. Then before that, again, eight years ago, so Pips, I'm assuming this is what Pip said was uh, the last impressive win, was Daniel Cormier in their first fight, UFC 182, unanimous decision win back in 2015. Now, I I struggled with Pip's statement because I felt like, I think the Anthony Smith fight, despite the fact that there was a point, I think it was later in the fight that there was that illegal knee. So again, could you say it's impressive in the fact that if Smith lies down and does an Aljamain Sterling, Smith walks away with the belt. John Jones loses by disqualification. So can you say that's impressive? I don't know. Gustafson too is impressive win, but Gus wasn't Gus. So that's debatable as well. I guess I, I would, I think that statement is harsh. But equally, I can totally see where Pip's coming from. So it is really difficult. And and now that the fight has been made between Garn and John Jones, Garn is apparently the betting favourite. And okay. I can see why. I actually, in a weird twist of fate, I think Francis Ngannou was an easier matchup for John Jones than Cyril Garn is. The reason for that is I think that John Jones has dealt with power punches and, and stuff like that before. That's nothing new to him. Francis Ngannou is by no means someone that's bouncing around on his toes. He's a bit of a ploddy forward. I mean, he can blitz, but, you know, I think after two rounds, Ngannou can get a bit tired. I know he showcased in the Cyril Garn fight. He could do something different. But the way he won that Cyril Garn fight was Cyril Garn was not expecting that you know, wrestler Francis to, to come out. That that came out of absolutely nowhere. And Cyril was piecing but him up for the have, first two rounds. But didn't have many answers to that wrestling, did he? He didn't. But he, here's the thing. I, I'm probably going to... I've picked John Jones as my champion at the end of the year for heavyweight. So I, yeah. I will have to go for John Jones to beat Cyril Garn. However, I can see a world in which... Cyril wins this fight by outpointing How? him. He could outpoint right. him. I, I, I do think Cyril's a natural heavyweight, whereas John isn't. I think he, five rounds. He, five rounds. I think Cyril's game plan in a lot of fights is just to outpoint you. Yes, he, he finished Derek Lewis, but there's a lot of his fights where he just outpoints people. He's just on his toes the whole time. You cannot hit him, and he hits you and outpoints you. Is it the most exciting form of striking? No, not always, but it is very effective. Very good. And he is a unique heavyweight in the way that he moves around the octagon. Um, so John Jones is going to have to try and implement the wrestling and 
and do that and just try and dominate him that way. But Garn will be expecting that. Garn's whole training camp will be, I'm expecting the wrestling. And if he's been smart, he was probably expecting a fight with Curtis Blades prior to this. So he's already been training the wrestling anyway. And John Jones is probably not as good a wrestler at heavyweight as what Curtis Blades is, I would imagine. So John Jones, obviously great striker, very good defensively, a good wrestler. Cyril Garn, though, I would argue, particularly at heavyweight, probably a better striker. I think his movement will be more fluid. But obviously, there's a huge discrepancy in the wrestling. So that's where I think John will have to win the fight. But Garn will be expecting it. So that will change John things. Has ever been dropped? I couldn't answer that question. I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure. I, I know it was... It. Gustafson was the first person to take him down. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of being dropped, I don't know. I know Reyes landed on him well. Maybe, maybe it was mm. Dominic. I, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, no, it'd be, it'd be really, really interesting to see which John Jones turns up and how this fights go. But I can definitely see a world in which Cyril Garn outpoints John Jones or maybe even TKOs him because, again... It's been such a long time since John's been in the cage. And yeah. you just, that, that is one of those variables you just can't account for. It's just, he could come back like he's never missed a beat, or he could come back looking like half of the John Jones that he was in his heyday. So we just yeah. don't know. And that's the fascinating. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Interesting thing that will come from all of this. Is there anything more about Jones Garn that you want to talk about? No, I mean, I think he's done a very good job of kind of <clears throat> keeping the cameras away. Because Jones, yeah, yeah, because you know, we've not seen a lot, and I touched on it, you know, earlier, but nobody's really getting any insight. You know, you're hearing people like Sahudo <coughs> saying, you know, he's he's looking incredible, but he's gonna say that he's in his gym, and but yeah, I'm I, it's just the not knowing, and and like you say, everything else aside, you say what John Jones turns up. 
Did you mean that in so far as, are we going to see John Jones that's having issues in his personal life that's not really come to fire? He's, you know, he's trying to wing it like we saw with quite a few of his fights where, you know, he, he just felt like, you know, he was just going through the motions to try and get a a, a, a victory. And, and because there was so much going on outside of the Octagon, we don't know what's going on in his life. And we know mm-hmm. that, you know, all of these things previously have, have had effects on his performances you throw that in the mix with the age, with the new weight, five rounds, been out the ring for so long. I don't know. We could see something. Sounds, you know, I don't want to put the, the, the dampness on it. But we could see something really rubbish. We could <laughs> just see a really dull, slow, sluggish, uninteresting John Jones turn up, and we see Cyril Garn coast to a to a, you know just picking him off with little shots and getting a points win. I, I mean. You know? That, that that's the thing. There's so many possible outcomes, isn't there? Should have could have would us, yeah, yeah. Because um, uh, the other thing is, we could see John Jones come back, be unbelievable in his wrestling. Yeah, Cyril has no answer for it, but it's kind of a bit of a lay and pray for five rounds mm-hmm. because Jones mm-hmm. has lost that edge to him. He hasn't been in a cage for a bit. He's worried about gassing out, all that kind of stuff. It could be a really boring fight. <laughs> it yeah. really could. Either because way, if, either Cyril outpointing him or Jones, um, you know, just wrestling him for five rounds. All of it I, I, could potentially be quite dull. Yeah. I, I, I think if we look at whether John Jones' ego is going to be at a point where he's like, no, I'm going to make my comeback. I'm going to stand and I'm going to kickbox him and I'm going to finish him. Then we've got an exciting fight. You know, then we've got a, a beatable John Jones. I think. Uh, I think that's a uh, terrible game plan, by the way. Like it's a terrible game plan, but you know, uh, does John Jones want to make his comeback a really dull, boring lay and pray? I don't know. Like maybe he's going to think he's he's better at stand up than Cyril Garn. You know, maybe he's going to if, if his sparring's been going well and. The, the yes men around him telling him what he can do. I mean, I'm sure he'll find out within a round just how good. Cyril Garn's striking is, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it, it's if, when, why, what's, isn't it? We don't know. No, we and, don't know. Uh, and that's what makes it exciting. Yes, absolutely. Right. This is something we need to talk about. I have take no pleasure in talking about it at all. Um, yeah. uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, on, I think it was New Year's Eve in Cabo, Dana White was filmed slapping his wife. Um, and now, there's been very little real fallout from it, really. Some media members asked a few questions. He did an interview on TMZ, who UFC clearly have a very good relationship with. But the... The actual situation is, is that he did it, he was videoed doing it, mm-hmm. and there's not been any punishment for it. Mm. Um, just to talk through the video itself, and then I'll ask you, Stu, what you think about the whole thing. But So the way, it, it, to my eyes, having watched it a couple of times, um, it seems like Dana's wife is upset about something, like she's kind of leaning over this raining. She looks upset. She's got her head in her hand. She looks like she's had some kind of news that is going to upset her. We can only guess what that news is. 
you know, I, we have no idea. But she looks upset. Then it looks like she goes to walk away. And Dana grabs her wrist, preventing her from walking away. She then turns around and hits him. And then he retaliates with not one, but two slaps to her. And then uh, it's difficult to really see what happens after that. And then the video cuts out. Um, what were your kind of immediate thoughts when you saw the video? Uh, just absolute disappointment mm. just oh fucking hell like it's very very unpleasant to watch um obviously it's it's no no surprise that both of us don't agree with you know with, with, with you know the, the thought that you can hit a woman also i should add that you know you sh- nobody should hit anybody like, no, you know, the, no. The, we, we should throw that out there as well. Uh, I'm not suggesting that he had the right to hit her because she hit him, but she shouldn't be hitting people as much as he shouldn't be hitting people as well. It's, no. you know, it, 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 you know, certainly somebody who's, whose job as well is to throw it, you know, is, is to constantly try and, you know, promote a sport that is so often, you know, said that it's just thugs and it's brutal and it's unpleasant and they're just, you know, and we've seen the president of the organisation do that, you know. We've seen we've seen people, you know, other, you know, fighters and uh, former fighters and, 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 um, and commentators, you know, be sacked under allegations of, of arguing with, with, with women and, mm. you know, uh, and... and uh, and now we've seen this happen. There's no denying what happened. It's there. Everybody saw it. And it feels that there's been, you know, what What was we hoping? Was we hoping that the UFC was going to go, right, This we, we cannot as an organisation, you know, stand by this. It's disgraceful. You know, we're a, a, a mixed martial arts you know, and there should be an honour amongst that, mm. and and what you done goes against every single law of 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 sport of life of everything. It's it's really hard to kind of. It's think to, about to, how far really the sports com- come as well. The sports completely. come from being illegal. I I, I, yeah. I I had an interview for um <clears throat> for a BBC Sounds podcast thing recently. Uh, off the back of doing a, a TV thing, they they wanted to interview me uh, on a BBC Sounds thing. And she mentioned MMA. And the first thing that she said, she clearly never watched an MMA fight in her life. But she sure. mentioned, you love MMA. And it's so brutal, isn't it? And I was like, well, yeah, but there's also fights where there's not a strike thrown because it's all the grappling. And, you know, the usual spill that you go through when you're trying to say to someone, your opinion of it, having never watched a fight, is very different to what it actually is but yes they feel like you have to defend it oh 100 and shit like this does not help if the president of the organization and look some people will say like i said we said we don't think anyone should have hit anyone outside of sparring in the gym and fighting in the cage and all that stuff you shouldn't be doing it yes she did hit him first but even dana white which is good of him actually even dana white has come out and said don't defend me. So if you're going around saying, oh, but she hit him first, that's not a defense. And even Dana White himself, which is good of him, as I said, has come out and said, don't defend me. 
Um, but he's like four stone heavier than her, probably. He's trained as well. We all know he's boxed and done things. He's trained at hitting people. Uh, I don't know what his wife's history is. I don't know if she's had any kind of fight training or, or anything like that. But equally, she was responded to being she was responding to being restrained. It seemed. We also don't know what's gone on in a conversation. You can look at them. There's clearly something's gone on. Something's been said. Some news has come out. Something has happened where she, I think, it looks like is very upset with him. He's restrained her. She's swung at him. He's then hit her not once as a reaction, but twice. And then who knows what happens after that? Um, what's, what's disappointing as well? And, and, and as I said, like, disappointment's the, 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 the thing that just strikes me about this whole thing. And is the lack of profiled fighters, people in the MMA community that have profile coming out and calling him on it and and speaking out about it and well they're scared aren't they because he, yes. he because clearly from from the situation he he rules the roost doesn't he like, yeah. and even us saying this now like i mean we we get to go to fights every now and again because of this podcast yeah. we interview fighters every now and again is us talking about this going to be something that people don't like and we somehow now don't get accredited or something. I, I, I don't know. Are we taking a risk by saying this? But it felt like given the fact that so much of particularly, I would say the people that I socialize with my circle are not MMA. And because the idea of MMA is it's this brutal sport where competed thug, only thugs compete in it. And only kind of these yeah. kind of thuggish people want to watch it. That's not my understanding of this sport. That's not who I am. Absolutely. And so I felt like it. we had a moral obligation to kind of discuss this. And the other factor about it that has disappointed me is I, I don't necessarily – if any other head of a big organization did this, there would be further repercussions. Like Dana White has done press conferences and he's come out and he's spoken about it. That is a good step. But he's also kind of said, oh – me just living my life as someone that has hit a woman is punishment enough for me because I'll be tired with that. That's my legacy now. I'll be tired with that. I'm like, that's not punishment enough. Like, th- 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 there were fighters that tweeted afterwards that was kind of funny saying, oh, I much rather would have had to live with the fact that I was a weed smoker and not have a two-year suspension, but I still got a two-year fucking suspension for smoking weed and lost out on all that income and all that stuff. We don't live in a society where someone does something wrong and we go, well, you got videoed and you're going to have to live with that for the rest of your life now. That is your punishment. No, there's consequences. And it doesn't have to be something drastic like he can never be involved with the UFC again or fired or anything like that. But should he be maybe suspended for a short period? Possibly. Should there be, I haven't, uh, anger management courses, all that stuff. I mean, I haven't even seen, maybe this has happened behind the scenes or maybe it's happened and I haven't seen it. So if you've seen this, please feel free to message me about it. I haven't seen anyone come out and say, oh, Dana has donated money to a charity that's like a woman's shelter or a domestic abuse charity. And I don't know if PR wise, him donating to a domestic abuse charity, they'd make it feel like, oh, well, 
Dana's a domestic abuser, which is why he's done it. So maybe there's a PR problem with, with doing that and he should donate somewhere else. But I've not seen anything about him donating yeah. to any organization that is either related to domestic violence or uh, helping women or anything like that. I've not seen any of that. And I think that would be a step in the right direction as well. And what Dana came out and said in the press conference was things like, if I take suspension, that just hurts the fighters. It doesn't hurt me. I just go and chill for 60 days. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt the fighters. It, it, it does hurt the fighters. It doesn't hurt me. It hurts the organization. And I'm like, but, but does it? Like, mm. who listening to this show right now is going to go, Dana suspended for three months. I'm not watching next week's UFC event. Who? I don't think anyone would do that. I spoke to my brother about it briefly, and he went, oh, I only really watch the press conferences for Dana White. And I was like, okay, fair enough. But is would you then not watch the fights because you're not watching the press conference? Like, And he was like, well, well no, I'd still watch the fight. So... What you're missing out on is maybe a few YouTube hits because Dana's not doing the press conference. Someone else is doing the press conference. I can't imagine they get a huge chunk of money comparatively to the rest of their organization from just Dana White doing some YouTube hits. Yes, he promotes fights via his Instagram and all that stuff, but I don't know. I I, I think the UFC machine is such a well-oiled machine that it will rumble on and roll on. If, 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 Mm -hmm. And and I feel like as well, there's a possibility that Endeavor are the company that own the UFC. Should someone have come out and said something and said, we're punishing Dana for this by just like a suspension. So I don't, I think there's things there that could have happened that would have made this a much better situation. And yes, Dana has t- spoken about, you know, my personal life's the main thing and I've ironed it out with my wife and we were just taking care of our kids and and yeah, of course, your number one priority is going to be your own family and your kids. I get that. But that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be some kind of public penance paid, particularly when you're looking at this sport. Like if the, the head of the Lawn Tennis Association or Crick, English Cricket Board or the Premier League or any of these things was caught on video slapping their wife, mm. would they still be in a job? Just think about that. Uh, like, I don't think they would be. And I think at the very least, they would have been suspended and there would have been a whole big public outcry about it. Yeah. This just, but, yeah. <clears throat> we, we mentioned, you know, he's the king of spin. And it's like, okay, right. This is what's happened. Like, at the moment, the whole world, that you know, the, the, the whole mixed martial arts community is talking about this one thing. What could I do now? bigger than anything, any news in the UFC in the last three or four years. John Jones is back. <sighs> Within what, a week, two weeks? Ridiculous. Like, it, it does feel that it, that come about, I mean, it couldn't have come at a better time to take the eyes off of Dana White and to, to get people potentially yeah. excited about another very questionable character coming back into the UFC. Where do you stand then as a company? As a company, there is possibility of another fighter in the future, whether it be a year from now, six months from now, 10 years from now, whatever it is, there is a possibility of a fighter being 
accused of or found guilty of domestic abuse. And you as a company then have to discipline that person. So if they discipline them properly and appropriately, it's very easy for people to turn around and go, hang on a minute, but you didn't do that with Dana. This this is an organisation that when the Dolly thing happened, that guy's going to jail. He's never going to be in this organisation ever again. Fast forward eight months, they're using that footage of the Dolly as fight hype. Yeah. It just, it makes me sad because I love this sport. The people that we've spoken to in this sport seem like lovely people. They are martial artists. They uh, sacrifice things for, for their family. They're trying to lead a better life than they, they could have possibly done. Yes, the sport is yep. violent. Yes, it is. But there's honor behind that. You see it in fights all the time. Jesus Christ. Yep. We just had a fight on Saturday where Umar Nurmagomedov, who looks unbelievable, by the way, <sighs> knocked out uh, Honey Barcelos and hammer fisted him immediately, but then was about to throw the second hammer fist. But instead, because the ref hadn't got in there in time, cradled his head and then apologized in his post-fight interview for throwing that extra strikes. He said, it just kind of happened naturally. And I, I didn't mean to. And as soon as I realized he was out, I was trying to make sure he was okay. That is the, the fight. That's the true nature of this sport that mm-hmm. I, I want to believe in that, that mm-hmm. someone, they, they go in there, they, they, they compete against each other and you know, yes, the stakes are higher and, and, and health can be at risk, but it's the only way they can prove they are the best at this martial art. And as soon as he's realised he's knocked out, he's cradling his head and trying to make sure he's okay. It's fucking... It's a. It's beautiful. In a way, mm. I, I don't know, mate. A lot of people might think I'm mad. I see beauty in that. And, and, and I think yeah. that's a wonderful thing. And shit like this just pulls us back down into the dirt where people think this sport is. When I talk to other actors and talk to people that have no idea about this sport... That's what they think this is. Mm. They think it's this dirty, grotty little sport. And we need to ascend from that and be more. Be more Umar Nurmagomedov. That's yeah. what we need to do. And yeah, look, we, we are going to get really short on time. And we do want to talk about some other news that might distract you from... Uh, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market what we've been talking about for the last however many minutes. Uh, but, but do you know what? We needed to, to talk about that because I yeah. think by not talking about that, you know, I don't want any of our listenership to think that we don't care about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we've done the right, you know, we, we, we said we felt we wanted to speak about it because what our opinion counts for is nothing, but we didn't want to not talk about it. And, and, and you, you know, any of our listeners think that, oh, well, I clearly don't give a shit. They're still talking about how excited they are about John Jones. And it's like, yeah. we need to just kind of give it a little bit of context that we, you know, yes. we don't agree with that. We think it's, you know, it's despicable behavior. And, and yeah, but 
<laughs> I suppose almost contradicting that and going, well, anyway, we have actually got some really exciting <laughs> news to, uh, to look at now. Well, but we, we have to. We, let, we, we also want the listeners that are, are coming to this podcast to, to, you know, to enjoy the, the content that we're talking about as well. And, and you know, as, 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 as two British lads and, and UFC London uh, is just months away, we've seen some amazing fight announcements and we're not going to go into all of them because there's a lot and they're all very good. Um, but I think we wanted to sort of touch on, I guess the, the main and the co-main that have been announced, uh, yes. in the last sort of a uh, few days. Yes. So my prediction of, uh, Leon Masvidal, I can't believe uh, it. It's not happening, mate. <laughs> <laughs> my, my prediction of Leon Masvidal for UFC London is right out the window. And I, I, I don't think Francis is going to be the heavyweight champ by the end of the year for you, Stu, Ooh. either. <laughs> so, uh, so we're we're not doing great on our predict. If you listen to, please no. go and listen to our predictions episode that we did, where we tried to predict who would be the champions in every weight division by the end of the year. Really fun episode. We talked about our predictions that we got mainly wrong last year, and uh, we've set up Sorry, some new we predictions. We spoke about the predictions that Blake got mainly wrong last uh, year. I think you got a fair few more wrong than right, but you just did better than me, which was wasn't hard um but yeah anyway we are so excited ufc 286 i believe in london a pay-per-view event in london it is confirmed leon edwards versus kamaru Usman free oh it's a bigger fight with a bit well i was about to say it's a bigger fight with a bigger name and i, I don't know if it free. is i, I know i know but i i don't I don't know if it is a bigger name than Masvidal. I don't know. It's a tricky one because Masvidal's got that kind of cult status. Usman's just better and really good and a pound for pound great. And it's a fight that maybe means more in the history books. But Masvidal is such a cult figure. To get that fight in the O2 where the original uh, assault, I guess, took place, the three-piece and a soda, would have been poetic and I would have loved it. But um, but we've got what is probably the right fight, the correct fight, the the, the fight based on meritocracy. Usman deserves yeah. an immediate rematch for that belt. The media for all and press leading up to that would not is not going to be as exciting as it would have been if it would have been Street Jesus. We would have, oh, would have had have been madness, so much right? fun. It would have been so <laughs> much fun, and also it's a fight that I would have been way more confident Leon would have won, yeah. and I want to see Leon win. Yeah. Um, so but ultimately, we're seeing Leon in his back garden. We're seeing yeah. Leon in, in the UK defending his belt, which is so exciting. So exciting. I mean, it's only happened once before. It was it was Bisping in Manchester against Dan Henderson. So yeah. to get this, this is this is massive. Oh, it's a tough old fight for Leon because we all know that Usman was winning that first fight until that glorious head kick. Um, but. The elevation was a big factor. Usman yep. uh, trains in, in Denver, in Colorado, I believe, where they have elevation. Leon was really, and not the only fighter on that card either, really suffered from the elevation, mm. I think. They'll be down at sea level or whatever. Um, I and they'll, think, be in his, they'll be in his country. I, I, the noise when Rocky walks out will be ridiculous. I think it's going to be a way closer fight. Yeah, I think it could go to a decision. And I think I'm going to lean for Leon. I know that it's heart overhead maybe in some points, but I just, I want to go for Leon. I really want him to do it in his back, as you say, in his home country. Uh, yeah, I want to see it happen. Um, have you got anything else you want to say about Usman Edwards or do you want to move on to the co-main? No, the I'm, co-main... I'm, glad it, I'm glad it's Usman because that fight had to happen. Yep. 
Uh, it had to happen, and I'm glad it's happening in the UK. Like, um, Absolutely. I think, you know, Masvidal would have been wonderful. There, there's lo- lots of fights I'd like to see Leon Edwards involved in. Um, but I'd much rather favour Leon in the UK against Kamara Usman. It's a, an incredibly tough fight for both fighters. But, you know, we, as you said, we saw the dominance of, of, of Kamara in the early rounds. Um, but he didn't win the fight. He did he not got, win the fight. He got knocked out in spectacular yes. fashion. And that can only bolster the confidence of Leon Rocky Edwards. And, Absolutely. Uh, I, I can't wait for it. Yeah, yeah. What else got announced, Harrison? Oh, what else? the co-main event of the evening is Justin Gaethje on British soil. Justin Gaethje is coming so to good. London. I cannot wait. And he's taking on Raphael Fiziev, which, again, I'm very excited about because... We spoke on our prediction show again, uh, and I'm so frustrated with some of the divisions where it just stagnates because that top echelon of the division only really want to fight each other and they're jostling yeah. for a title fight. And then there's this crop of amazing fighters between, say, five and ten or whatever that just aren't really getting anywhere because the people at sure. top don't want to fight them. And lightweight is a massive culprit of that. When you look at Chandler and Poirier and until now, Justin Gaethje, and then you've got this crop of Fiziev, uh, the Gamrots, um, uh, uh, Armand Sarukians and Ismagulovs and, and all these people coming through, Jalen Turner's, you've got to give them a chance to get these top guys. Um, and it's happening. It's happening. Justin Gaethje, of course it's Justin Gaethje because he's a madman. Um, and he's taking on uh, Fiziev. Oh, this fight's going to be fireworks. No one's going to take that. Fiziev is just an excellent kickboxer. Justin's got wrestling, but he never uses it. He's just a marauder. And, oh, God. That geezer's literally just got... They must wrap his hands in, like, pure chaos. Because, like, <laughs> whenever he throws down, it's absolute chaos. Oh. And I fucking love it. It's great. I mean, who... You can... You're dead inside if you're not excited for a Justin Gaethje fight. Everyone yeah, yeah. is excited for a Justin Gaethje. You're watching fight. the wrong sport. You're watching the wrong sport. Go and watch Tiddlywinks. Um, it, it, yeah, man, I cannot wait. And I'm so excited. And I'm so hoping we get our accreditation. And I'm so hoping we get to sit cage side. If I am cage side when Justin Gaethje is in the cage, I think. Think I might have a heart attack or something. I just, I'll be, so, I'll just be so excited. I'll be so excited. I won't be able to sit down. So yeah, that's what we've got. That is what we've got. Yeah. Whether you're watching it in the arena or you're watching it at home, the fact that we're going to watch Justin Gaethje in London. Oh yeah. man, I'm so 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 excited. Absolutely. Well, look, we're about to hit the hour mark. Um, did you want to touch on on? on you know, the, the, the PFL news. Oh, I mean, maybe we should incredibly briefly, but like, let's, let's wrap this up. Jake Paul has signed with the PFL. Uh, whatever you think of Jake Paul, this is great business for the PFL. As far as I'm concerned, this guy brings eyeballs again. Mm. Is he a genuine proper, proper fighter? It's debatable. Now I've got more respect for him now than what I had say a year or two ago, uh, when he was fighting Ben Askren and, and all that kind of stuff. But I do think he's handpicking certain fights to make himself look good. What he said in his announcement when he signed for the PFL is that he's going to be part of their super fight series. The PFL are doing these super fights now. So not everyone is going to be part of their season. 
So Jake Paul would not be part of their season. And he wants to fight Nate Diaz in a boxing match in, in the PFL cage, I guess. Um, and then six months later, rematch Nate Diaz in an MMA fight. That sounds fun. And that would probably be MMA fighters. Well. And the fact that they're doing one and one makes it more interesting to me. Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz in a boxing match. I think there's only one way that goes because Jake is so much bigger than Nate. And that's not an accident. He's picking people smaller than him. Um, but the fact that he he says he'll do an MMA fight afterwards and it could be one-on-one and we could see Jake Paul in an MMA match against Nate Diaz, that excites me a little bit. And I think mm-hmm. the fact that they'll do the boxing match and then that's what we should do. And then after that, I don't know, what do you make it after that? Uh, a just a kickboxing match matching four ounce gloves. Like I don't know how do, if it's one one tiddlywinks get the tiddlywinks back. <laughs> um, uh, you know, so yeah, I, I actually think this is the first time I've ever gone. Oh, I'd maybe be sort of interested interested in watching Jake Paul because I've never watched a totally single. Agree. I've never watched a single Same. Jake Paul fight. But if they go, Same. we're doing boxing then MMA. Like, if it was just boxing, I'd probably be, again, like, meh, not that bothered. But the fact that they're yeah. doing both, or saying they're going to do both, and that's if they can get Nate to agree, mm-hmm. then, uh, then yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up if for it. If the PFL have Jake Paul, Nate Diaz, and Francis Ngannou, I ain't being Ooh. funny. There's going to be a lot of fighters in that <sighs> UFC thinking, I might have a little look over there, because yeah. there's money there, and, you know, and there's a lot of eyes on it. But, um, I mean, you only have to look at the fact that, like, Sadib Osai, Brendan Lochnane, uh, uh, Olivier Oban Mercier all just won a million dollars. Yeah. And are they top five in any UFC weight division? I love Brendan, Probably but I don't not. think so. I don't mm. think Brendan necessarily beats Arnold Allen or Taporia or uh, Volkanovski or Max Holloway. So... You know, I mean, it's, you get a million, four fights, million dollars. Sounds fantastic. Uh, and, and, all, and also, as, as you know, fans of mixed martial arts and fans of boxing, like, it's another organisation that's growing and putting on exciting fights. Yep. And as, you know, it's only the fans that win there. 100%. You know? 100%. So, uh, I mean, I do, Yeah. I, I don't like the idea of a company having a monopoly over fighters and being like you can only fight here which is how it feels with the ufc because they're so good because their product's mm. so good they've done it on purpose but you know well tough other people have to step their game up and the pfl and bellator and people like they have to step their game up um and hopefully that's that's what they're doing so if you've got fighters in loads of different organizations then you get to a point where you're like oh but i want to see him fight him and that might never happen because they're not in the same organization so there's problems with that from a fan's point of view but equally you want to see the fighters make as much money as possible have as many opportunities as possible and what i'd really love to see is a situation like what bellator did with ryzen recently bellator and ryzen had a crossover promotion fight can you imagine bellator versus the pfl and it will never happen because the ufc so far ahead of everyone why would they want to boost up their uh their competition but eventually if the PFL got loads of amazing you fighters, know, Blake. PFL, you don't know it. Wouldn't, Francis Ngannou. They wouldn't you know. do it. The, the UFC are the number one organization and everyone sees their champions as the best in the world. They're not going to put that at risk by saying, oh, after this fight, Jamal Hill 
can you go and fight Vadim Nemkov and then Bellator look like the better organisation? No, I know, I know. know but I, I think, you know, Cyril Garn wins the strap. Um, people are always going to go, yeah, but we never beat Francis and Garno. And I don't know. I mean, we, we look, look at what we were saying about um, what's left for Amanda Nunes. And it's yeah. like... Chris well, we know what we want to see. Kayla Harrison. That's the fight we want to see. Pacheco. Kayla Harrison. Yeah. You know, and and we're being denied fights. You know, but I understand that business is business. Yeah. But, but that's why I'm I'm all for yeah. organisations like PFL getting some big names in there and building up their roster and getting more eyes on it and by bringing Jake Paul across, it's going to bring a lot more eyes to it as well and a yes, lot of hype. And we're going to see the words PFL in a lot more places. Then yes. three letters are going to start creeping up on them other three letters, and uh, yeah. And uh, I'm up for it. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. That was the the news. And uh, please, we will, we don't know when it'll be out. Hopefully it's out already or it's coming your way. Stick with us. Uh, UFC 283 preview show. Jamal Hill taking on Glover Teixeira for the light heavyweight, the vacant light heavyweight title. And Brandon Moreno and uh, Davison Figueredo. What a fight that's going to be. I'm so excited about that fight. There's way more on that card as well, mate. There's way more on that card. I know. Can I just say as well, Can um, for those of you that are watching this on YouTube, um, please subscribe and, uh, and drop a little comment below because we're seeing that um, so many of you are actually watching this um, as, as well as listening. So um, all of you on, on YouTube, we sort of don't really ever sort of uh, shout you out, but thanks ever so much because the, the numbers on YouTube are really growing. So if you can subscribe and, and start commenting, and we'll, uh, we'll endeavour to, um, to, to, to have a natter back. And like you say, the, 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 the messages on the, on the socials are always there to be to be used drop us a message let us know you'd like to hear us chat to if you've got any questions for uh, MMA based questions for, for, for Blake and I that you want us to talk about on an episode then um, if we get enough questions we do a sort of uh, a listener questions episode and things like that There's, yeah so just essentially what I'm doing here is saying thanks for supporting the podcast and uh, and we're, we're not ignoring you over on YouTube we've, we've seen that there's been a, a big uptake on it so thank you ever so much and if you're listening wherever you're listening to this on whatever podcast platform please give us a little like love share retweet and uh, and, and subscribe because it all helps so yeah that's it thanks very much guys we'll see you next time bye bye bye